0: Hey guys, it's Gary Vee. Before you listen to today's, to today's tremendous podcast, it's tremendous because my mom said so, uh, I want to just let you, all of you know who follow me on Instagram uh, that the 60 Second Club is back. I'm fired up about it. Uh, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, a couple posts ago, go to my Instagram, you'll see me pointing to the triple dots in the top right corner. Uh, the 60 Second Club where you post a comment within the first minute of me posting. And we select winners. We are giving out ridiculousness, uh, uh, new sneakers, uh, time with me, FaceTimes, uh, free shit, all of it. If you were not part of the 60 Second Club, aka turned on your notifications on Instagram, you are missing out. Go check it out. Enjoy the podcast. Have the best summer of your fucking life. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be legend. I'm gonna start. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for coming out. Uh, it's great to see a bunch of uh, familiar faces and a bunch of new faces. Uh, the format here is, I'm gonna maybe kick it off for 10 or 15 minutes, maybe a little kind of how I see things and uh, and then I'm gonna have an incredible uh, individual join me to interview a little fireside chat and I'll let her introduce herself in a little bit and that will go for what? 15, 20 minutes you think?
1: 15, 20 minutes and then we'll take some questions
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you have any context for me, I'm obsessed with as much Q&A as possible. And so um, I think that's, you know, I'm just appreciative of your time and I'm sure there's many things you could be doing uh, tonight. And so for you to come out, it means a lot to me. Obviously, for me personally, uh, this is a fun night as I watch Vayner as a whole, gain momentum in this incredible city, in this part of the world, it's exciting to me. Uh, you know, we're now a couple of years in, are we three years in, Eric, or two? What, are we three years into London now? Two, two. okay, cool. We're, uh, yeah, as we're, uh, you know, we're starting to make some noise here, and, I, and for me, I just really enjoy this market quite a bit. I'm excited to schlep out here every six weeks or so, maybe uh, going forward as this continues to grow, and more importantly, the, both on the corporate side and the entrepreneurial side, there's just a lot of great energy and a lot of opportunity in the marketplace. And a lot of the stuff that I spiel, as you guys probably know, is very US-centric by nature. But what's great about a market like the UK or most of Europe, for that matter, outside of Russia, is that a lot of the things around influencer marketing or voice, Facebook, or many other things that I'm passionate about, actually are even a better deal in this market because of the supply and demand of how many people are doing it and how far along the market is. And so I've always found it kind of interesting and fun that a lot of the stuff that I'm most passionate about actually over indexes outside of the market, outside of mainland China and, and Russia specifically because they are built on the back of the Googles and Facebooks and Instagrams of the world. So, uh, all right, so where do I want to start? I, I think, you know, when I speak, I try to bring as much value for the net Audience, and I think the biggest thing that I'd like to share first is I'm fascinated by people's inability to understand how much abundance and opportunity there is in the system, regardless of what anybody is doing here. And I've got a good sense of the most corporate of corporate to the most entrepreneurial of entrepreneurial starting off. You know, it's you know, I think it's really fun for me when I watch mainstream media or society decide to paint one narrative completely at the face of reality. AKA, this is the greatest moment to be alive. There's more opportunity, there's more advancements, no shit there's a billion things wrong. There always will be, it's how we're wired. But for me, at its top line framework, what continues to keep me up at night in a good way is my God, there's so much opportunity. This internet thing is a lot bigger than I think all of us are really settling into, including people that try to spend all their time figuring it out like me. And so, first and foremost, I, I, I really wanna talk tonight in a macro about offense. You know, there's so much abundance. There's nobody, there's not a company or person on earth that success is coming out of your pocket. And so, once you actually understand that truth, you spend very little time on defense and worrying about anybody else, and you start spending all your time on the one thing everyone in here should be spending their time on. Regardless if you're trying to raise money for a nonprofit, if you're trying to run for mayor, if you're trying to sell socks, or change the perception of a brand, regardless of what you're all doing here, all of us are trading attention. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Lionel. See you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, uh, that's one way to get attention. That was very well played. Uh, sound is definitely, audio is something I'm into. Um, it's attention, and, and attention's underpriced if you know where to look for it, and it's, it's just a remarkable time for all of us. There's so much you can do, and I love that the internet gets to be the middle, not a person. You, you have to understand why so much is happening socially in our society. The establishment has lost control. The internet is the middleman of information, the end. And so now what's happening is we have to face all our shortcomings around race and sexism and nationalism and all the things we will do, but I think in a 100 year window, this is gonna be the greatest thing because once we start understanding each other a hell of a lot better and once thematics like empathy and compassion actually become differentiators for your own selfish wants and needs, we will all be forced into a far better place because the old way of media and communicating allowed for shadows which created all these shortcomings. So everybody can sit here and tell me everything they're worried about socially or business-wise and I will tell you, you should be optimistic because these are the beginning stages of a far better place for all of us. Now the question becomes, What are your selfish needs over the next decade that make you upset about the current state of things? And that's what you have to realize. If I could, you know, we can go into, I'm sure, because I know how good she is, we'll get into details around digital trends and I can't wait. Wherever you want to go with Q&A, I'm thrilled, you have to understand the game you're playing. And the game you're playing is number one, this. Outside of diseases and terrible accidents, Everybody here is gonna live a fuckload longer than they think. If you look at the macro developments, it's just scary, you just are. And so all of a sudden, when I look around this room, what breaks my heart is that 42-year-olds don't realize that it's early. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else to say. It's a heartbreaking thing for me to know that 88% of them are gonna live another 50 years and they've basically decided that they missed their chance. That's completely not practical and it's buying into propaganda. No different than uh, I'll use something that's in society. I think terrorism is a super fascinating thing. If it was real, a car the size of a truck would run into people in London, Paris, New York every day of the week because it's 100% unstoppable. The fear of it is far greater than its reality. And so I think about age that way. We live in a world now where there's so much extreme success for the youth that a lot of us who are over 40 didn't grow up with. You couldn't get that big and win that well because the internet didn't exist and you had to go through the incumbents to get there. So what happens is you look at a 27 year old that seemingly has their shit together or are winning and as a 42 year old you might say fuck, I fucked up. Meanwhile, you have your whole life in front of you. And so I am unbelievably, I'm unbelievably moved by things in a, in a sad way like the Kate Spade news right yesterday. Right, like I'm really into like the mental thing and like this is the operating system and so, you know, probably some of you are aware of this, for a long, long time, a lot of the motivational part of me was something I wasn't willing to express in public. Right, I didn't want to be, I still don't want to be a motivational speaker. I have no interest in that whatsoever, I really don't. Um, I recognize I have motivational tendencies and it's because I'm optimistic. I'm not motivational, I'm just optimistic because the math and data is in my favor. We're healthier, we're better, there's less bad. It, we've got eyes on bad, and we should, because that's how you smoke out bad. I'm thrilled. I think it's the best right now, and no matter what your selfish wants and needs are as a person, you've never had a better chance to make it happen than right now. Your grandparents had shit compared to this. I love when everybody runs all these articles right now about like millennials have it worse than a generation before. Sure, if you decided to collect $200,000 in debt in college and go work in a corporation. I understand, but theoretically that's not the truth. That is your circumstance, that's the data because everybody was taught to be a student and go play in the system. It doesn't mean that it has never been more practical for you to get out of that context and do your thing in the abundance of opportunity. You may have been trained, grew up in a household, been so marketed to to believe this is the only way you can go, but the second you're willing to look and see this, you know, you know what I think about? You know that picture where they have that thing where like you look at it and you're supposed to say, is it two people kissing or a glass of champagne? That's, you know what I'm talking about, right? You guys have seen that shit, right? I don't know what the fuck that's called, but I gotta figure it out for the purpose of my analogy. It's basically how I think I live life. I just think everybody sees it one way and for, for, for whatever reason, parenting, circumstance, DNA, I've always seen it the other way and it's never been more crystal clear for me than it is right now, which is, it is a ridiculous opportunity out there and I highly recommend you get yours. And when I say that, look, I don't, I actually, as a counteract to the energy you might think I'm putting out, I think most people aren't entrepreneurs. I think one of the great mistakes that are happening in our society right now is everybody wants to be an entrepreneur because it's on a pedestal now. Like, I don't know. It's crazy to me to watch, like, rappers and athletes all think I'm cool because they want to be, like, entrepreneur's having its moment. The problem is, that's a talent. Like, if you do not have the stomach for wearing scarlet letters, you will lose. And so, this is not about go be an entrepreneur or, dream or fucking the secret, dream it and it'll be true. This is practical shit. This is, if you actually understand what makes you tick, which could be being a number six at a company that you believe in, which could be a million different things, if you can deploy self-awareness and you deploy effort against that self-awareness, I promise you the history books will say that the us during this time had the most opportunity because the fundamental society is being shifted on the back of this technology. And that's without anticipating what blockchain's actually gonna do and many other things that are happening. So I guess my opening rant is I'm optimistic as fuck. I hope you are as too. And if you're not, you need to really start asking yourself what's going on because if you're not winning in happiness right now, then you've got a real problem because this last 10 years of global economic growth won't last forever and all this abundance will shrink and if you don't grab your land now, there'll be less to grab when we have to pay the piper for all the bullshit other people are doing. And so I really, really encourage you to think about yourself in a much longer term and a much more self-aware way and I just genuinely believe a lot of good will come of that and that I wish you way more than all the stuff that I'm excited to talk about, which is the micro of execution within these platforms that create this macro thesis. So, thanks for being here. Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Gary. My name is Ann Rea Tomchak. Um, I'm the UK editor for Mashable, which is a site that covers a lot of technology. That's uh, Jenny, my uh, social media editor. Thank (laughs) you, Jenny. (laughs) And Gary and I have actually had some chats um, for my coverage on Mashable about topics like voice AI, which is something we can get into if you'd, liked, mm-hmm. if you'd like, but there's lots of other areas we want to get into as well. Um, and you've actually picked up on something that's been on my mind and on the Mashable team's mind a lot recently, which is this idea of compassionate technology and empathy. And I noticed, like, in your Instagram feed, a lot of the quotes you use, Uh, use the words kindness and caring and compassion and it seems to me that there's been something recognized along the way very very recently amongst the large tech companies about their responsibility towards fostering a more compassionate uh, use of technology if you look at Apple for example uh, they're devising ways to make their iPhone less addictive. Instagram, looking at ways in which they can monitor, or users can monitor the amount of time they spend scrolling, i.e. potentially wasting time. So I'd actually love your take on, on this issue because sometimes I feel like you give mixed messages about technology. I hope you don't mind me saying that. I, uh, I, the reason I, I say me, that is... Please go ahead. Because you're very, much you're very much an advocate of technology. Yes. Right. But there are clearly negative side effects to that as well. So how do you address those negative side effects? Those negative emotions that people feel when they're on Instagram and they feel the toxicity of the platform? How do you make you manage to make it work for yourself? What can you teach others?
0: Well, I think I think that's a fair observation because I would I would argue that my strength is in my contradictions and being able to hold different views at the same time. I also think that in our interactions with each other, you and others are taking too far of a pessimistic view and we're fear mongering technology a little bit too much on this thesis. My question is, what's the alternative? To me, we cannot have a conversation of addiction of an Instagram feed without asking the question, Those three and a half hours that Susan in Manchester is spending in the feed that we are so critiquing over here on our pedestals, what was she doing with those three and a half hours otherwise? I think we've long forgotten about what's the ROI of a girl in her room on her own phone line talking to her three friends for six and a half hours. (laughs) I think we've long forgot about in those same three and a half hours, I love how people think going through Vogue and going through e-magazine and Sports Illustrated for three hours in an afternoon over a cup of coffee while it's raining is any different than the exact same thing that you're doing on Instagram, which is images on a piece of paper. So, couple things. Number one, yes, and that's why I love recording everything because some of these things will play out. Net, net. Do I believe the addictions to phones? open platforms, social networks, all these things that have become the foundation of communication in our society. Do I believe that that is better than allowing Rupert Murdoch, Red Somersone, and four other men in their 70s to control all the thoughts we think through media and their editing? Yes, I do. Do I think that sexism and racism and a lot of other human shortcomings are a product of that system? I sure do. So, if you ask me about the alternative of Instagram and the iPhone and Facebook versus CBS and the BBC and Sky and the London Times, I will choose what we have now.
1: Okay, so let me ask you about that, another question, because one of the key things, or one of the key reasons why these uh, devices are so addictive is because of, for example, the type of hormones you release from your brain, the dopamine levels you get when you get all those likes the cortisol levels when you see the red notification pop up on your screen. So there's something happening here to our brains and there's engagement happening with a certain community that wasn't happening when you're just watching a TV screen or if you're just flicking through a book. You've got this whole other world.
0: Uh, Be careful. Be careful. You're making an assumption that people aren't speaking to. They are happening. All the things...
1: Sh- engagement on digital platforms in a way that where television is broadcasting out to you where you're not necessarily talking back
0: to it. Yes, but if you look at the biggest habits, we're not talking back to a lot of those things either, right? Like, you're making an assumption that we are leaving... I guess
1: what I'm saying is the dynamics are a bit different.
0: Well, here's the question. Do I rather have the masses be the ones that fuck with your psychology, or do I want to leave that to your mother and your aunt and your coworker? <laughs> I'm being serious here, guys. Look... I think about this shit a lot. I think we're having very lazy conversations and defaulting into what we always do. In the same way that big companies scrutinize Facebook and Google but accept television commercials, I think we're accepting that these devices are doing something without recognizing, do I think it's better for a lot of people in this room to consume my content over the pessimistic content that their mother would be giving them over the phone if this didn't exist? Yes, I do.
1: Okay, so here's another question for you. Sure. Um, <laughs> recently, on the 25th of May, we brought in new data protection rules, GDPR here in Europe. I've heard. <laughs> right. Which leads me to ask you a question about regulation. Yes. Because like broadcasters are regulated. Here a- we have Ofcom, we yes. have ad- advert- advertising standards Yes. Uh, associations and the internet in many ways feels like a wild wild west which provides so much opportunity that opportunity you talk about but it also it, it poses the question about how much regulation is needed and i wonder what your thoughts are on whether something like gdpr is needed in the us
0: well look i think uh it's a good question my natural reaction is of course europe did over regulation right i think it's been the great shortcoming of europe as a whole And I think the U.S. will follow suit because every leader in the free world always starts to get soft over time in a lot of ways correctly and a lot of ways not correctly. Uh, I think it will happen in the U.S. because I think the incumbent companies like Facebook and Google will realize that's an advantage to them, not a disadvantage. So they will work with Congress to get these rules because it will make the incumbents of progress have a much harder time to capitalize. Uh, Look, I... Believe, I Forget about free market. This is not about being a capitalist or things of that nature. I, Gary, believe the number one underrated thing in the universe is the human being. I am flabbergasted by our inability to understand how special we are. This was back to the point I made about terrorism, because if we had so many bad people, that would happen. I want to remind everybody that the free world could be blown up at any moment now for the last 70 years. We are unbelievably, as an animal, good, like unbelievably. It's just the truth. And so I think we get very fancy and sit in ivory towers that 87 people think that they should be regulating us on everything at all times, and I think at times it gets heavy handed. I think the human is very good at regulating him or herself. but at the same token, I'm super not overly emotional. Like if we're talking about like free markets versus not, I'm not devastated by it. To me, if everyone's playing by the same rules, almost every game is interesting to me as long as everyone's playing by the same rules. I think people play by the same rules when it's open, not when it's closed. Uh, and I think that um, I think it's probably at some level a version of it inevitable in the U.S. because it actually helps the incumbent big companies, not the end user.
1: I'd love to ask you a bit more about uh, your views on the human race, because there is this big uh, conversation going on now about artificial intelligence, about robots coming to take us over and a super intelligence uh, eventually going to usurp the human race, and there are some very, very credible voices out there that believe these things. Uh, you and I you touched on this before in our conversations. What's your viewpoint on that now?
0: Yeah, I think, I think there's a really logical path to the robots killing us. <laughs> I mean it, like I don't know, if we were a bunch of fucking dinosaurs sitting around one day, we would have laughed at the humans winning this game too. I mean, is it so far-fetched? I don't think so. I think we're starting to see shit. I'll tell you, <laughs> that robot that isn't gonna be able to be detected by Blu-ray, that shit scared me. I'm like, that makes sense. Like, I, I don't know, I try to stay in my lane a lot of the stuff I'll talk about tonight, I'm, I know my shit, I feel compassionate. I'm fully guessing here now, but I will definitely say, I'm definitely not willing to say no chance never. Okay,
1: okay, that's for thought. Right, let's talk about stuff that you really do, punch, know about. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, all the social platforms, right? Yes. Everyone wants to know, myself included as part of a publisher, is how do you use this as a key uh, marketing tool or a key tool to reach an audience? And there's so many changes going on now with Facebook, in particular, yep. all of the various different controversies that have yep. happened with it, Cambridge Analytica data prices, yep. the algorithm changing, the amount of control they have, all of that stuff. There's a major power struggle going on. I'd love to know your thoughts on where it's where it's at. Where should people be focusing their energies on, or is it a case of like trying to have a little finger in every little pie?
0: The way I think about this is very simple. I think that the internet is the first layer of our society, period. And then I think there's been seven to ten companies globally that have been able to get so big they're layered themselves on top of that layer—a toll booth, for say, a Facebook an Apple, a Tencent, right? And then it's our jobs, whether it's Mashable or Gary Vee, to be the best next layer by using the layer that was built on top of the internet layer. To ec- I think, how do I fuck Facebook before it fucks me? Right? That's how I think. And I think what publishers did extremely poorly in the last half decade is they loved what Facebook was doing for them in the short term and they gave up all their equity and they got, and let's call it what it is, awfully lazy and complacent and allowed Facebook and other platforms to get the equity from them because they didn't reinforce their email. They didn't reinforce their first party data. They didn't reinforce their things. so. I think you have two camps. You have the camps that are like fuck social, it's this terrible enemy, and I'm all about first party data, and I have an email service and text message, and I'm fucking more old school quant, you know, DR gal or dude from the 2003, 4 era, fuck all this world, right? And then you have a different regime that's like loves all this stuff. I kind of sit back to your point in both. I love having first in line and having that data. I love having an email list. I love having a website. But I also love dominating on Facebook and LinkedIn and Snapchat and Instagram because that's where the attention is. Right, and anybody that creates friction for the user is doing it at giving up some of the value. At the same token, you need to create some of that friction because if you let everything play out on that platform, you become commoditized. Facebook is the number one underpriced platform in our society. Facebook and Instagram together can do enough damage for everybody's ambitions here for quite a while in my opinion. And if you are not a great you know, practitioner of the analytics, the paid media capabilities, and most importantly, the creative variable that makes you successful on these platforms, you are either leaving an enormous amount of upside on the table or you are starting, the piece, you're starting to do the process that is gonna lead to your demise in any kind of relevance or growth of your business or ambitions.
1: Well, can I ask a question on behalf of entrepreneurs and sure. people who are developing apps and other features? Um, this week at WWDC, yes, Apple announced a lot of new features that are kind of come with iOS twelve and group see, chat, it, it
0: fish, it just seems fish to me Like yeah,
1: there's a lot of things that look extremely familiar uh, in there, and so uh, uh, you know, it, like things that look like Prisma or Snapchat or
0: house you know,
1: party. Can, <laughs> the list goes on. Right, so. Cause
0: 'cause features are features.
1: Yeah, they're features, but at the same time. Does anybody
0: cry when Gucci (laughs) makes a fucking cool jacket and then every fucking fashion house has their version of it the next day? Like, did anybody notice that the Yeezys changed every sneaker style? Like, this notion that it's bad in digital, but it goes on everywhere in the world, in every category, features are features.
1: If you can't beat them, join them, is my question. Is that like what we're dealing with here? They're not joining, they're not joining. How can people people innovate away from the tech companies? They're not joining
0: shit. They're not joining them, they're taking it.
1: That's my question. So how did the people who are not part of Apple, not part of Google, not part of the major companies who are basically like more or less adopting other people's ideas and innovations, how did they continue to innovate against this massive tidal wave?
0: by recognizing that all the future frontiers where this plays out are being built right now. So cool, you can't innovate on a feature in a social network but I don't see you crying that nobody can innovate in search because Google's been the incumbent now for fucking 15 years, right? Maybe what you should do is realize social might be gone now and let me go figure out voice or AR or machine learning or blockchain there's always a next platform. Yeah. People.
1: I loads of to ask voice.
0: And um, let's, I mean, look, we're here. I'm not going anywhere. So like, but this is important. This is important. I don't understand why we keep doing this. We accept the past. Mm. We criticize the current. We criticize Facebook for this, but nobody's criticizing Google did the same thing on search, which is why you're not on the, nobody cried for Yahoo. <laughs> right? So, right? So, so to me, this is the greatness of what Bezos or Zuckerberg are doing. They continue to innovate. Why don't we look at the fact that they continue to inno- innovate, right? Like, no, you know, nobody got mad at, you know, at NBC for teaming up with Microsoft to create MSNBC on cable. Nobody got mad at like a real estate tycoon. She went out and bought every good neighborhood for her 30-year run. She innovated. L- like, let's. Why don't we actually look at Google and other companies like IBM and others and GE and SAP and why are we, why the fuck was Venmo created by two kids and not by the Royal Bank of Scotland? Guys, we are looking at this the wrong way. We're we're demonizing people that are doing without questioning what the incumbents were doing with all their fucking money
1: right so i've asked you quite a few negative questions but it's in my dna as a journalist and i have to do that so let's get actually it. talk so, some of the more positive things <laughs> right i'd love to get your thoughts on how spaces like instagram are driving popular culture and you know um what what, what specific areas do you see uh, instagram being a complete like hotbed for innovation in certain
0: cultural spectrums but i mean i mean I mean, Instagram is culture. Like, if you don't understand that, like all of the cultural plays or play, like if you're not winning on Instagram from a cool or culture standpoint, whether you're in hip hop or esports or fashion or anything that we would, music, anything that we would say is popular culture, you are losing. If you are not winning on Instagram, you are losing. Uh, You know what's very, and it's funny, it's very fascinating to me. I'm fascinated that people think anything ever stands still. Mm. I like when people are like not winning on Instagram; they think they're maintaining their spot. You are either declining, or you are growing at every second. And so my big fear is that people think, "Well, I'm okay. My brand's still doing well. I'm still doing well. I'm still doing." Mm-mm, mm-mm. If you are not winning on Instagram and you are in pop culture, fashion, music, esports, other things, com- comedy you're in trouble.
1: What about television? Uh, the reason I ask you this is that there's a show here in the UK that just started this week. It's been on for uh, many seasons. <laughs> you know my next uh, words? It's called Love Island. Love Island. And I think it's very much influenced by that Instagram generation. Okay. Have you watched
0: it? Nope. Oh. But it's, it sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Desperately interested.
1: It's basically a social and cultural phenomenon. Yeah and everyone's having amazing conversations around it. They're yep. buying things on the Love Island app. They want to have the bikinis that they're wearing. Basically, people pair up. It's like The Bachelorette meets The Big Brother house. Makes sense. <laughs> okay, so we'll get, your, we'll get your thoughts on Love Island another time. Once you've had a no,
0: chance to But it. Love Island's been around for a long time. Yeah. Like, like, it's version. Vir- it's it's of course. It's something
1: bigger now. Of
0: course. But, but it's been around forever. We love social, exp- guys, there's a reason traffic happens when there's a car accident. You're fucking nosy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think people, this is, you know, all this, st- the reason I think I will ultimately have a good business career is because shit's basic and comes intuitive to me and I've never complicated it with over-educating myself or thinking I'm fancy. Shit's basic. We love social experiments, we like attractive people, like there's not a whole lot of complicated shit going on here, right?
1: Right, rapid fire round. Uh, what game are you playing right now? None. What song are you listening to right now?
0: Uh, I Remember by T Grizzly.
1: The show you're watching? None. What wine are you drinking at the moment? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what team are you supporting? Because I noticed you talking uh, about soccer on your Twitter recently.
0: This is probably the most fun thing happening in my life right now, which is I want to pick a proper football team. Edison. And so, <laughs> Tottenham's the first jersey I wore because they haven't, they haven't won in 40 or so years, right? My, my big thing, the biggest debate I'm making now is, I'm basically down to the finals in my head and then I'll pick the team which is the following. If they're in the Premier League, then they can't have won in the last 25 years. So who's still in there? The bigger question I want to ask myself is do I want to go all the way down to the third league and try to run the whole thing, of the whole process all the way up, which is which is kind of where I think I wanna go. Snapchat or Instagram? Instagram. Facebook
1: or Twitter? Facebook. Uber or Lyft? Uber. French Chardonnay or Californian Chardonnay?
0: French Chardonnay. Oh,
1: interesting. What is really the most don't... surprising thing about what you Gary?
0: I think the most surprising thing about me, my intuition is the most surprising thing about me is I don't think people realize how deeply committed I am to the propaganda that I spit.
1: Wow, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll unpack it for a second. I, I get high on my own supply. I, I have no interest in letting anybody have leverage over me. So, in a world where all my employees have access to my email, my DMs, where D Rock fucking films me and every fucking move, I I have to by virtue of what I've decided my ambitions are play a game of life of like you see what you get at a level that I think is more extreme. I am fascinated by people that are fans like D D-Rock that eventually get to work very close with me. Even if they've consumed me every day for four years, within week one of them working for me, they will inevitably come to me and be like fuck, it really is like really like this, huh? <laughs> so I think, I think humans for protection purposes create a level of cynicism I'm pushing it so hard and kind of going at it a certain way that I have empathy that people create that. But I think the thing that would be most surprising, for I'm so unbelievably not driven by money, yet I have, back to contradictions, I am like stunningly not driven by money, but I want to buy a multi-billion dollar sports organization. Um, I'm, I read all of your comments yet I actually don't give a fuck what you have to say about me and play within my own, so it's like, it's a, care, it's a, care, it's, it's, like, it's, 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 nice. so I think the thing, you know, I think, what do you think D-Rock? I think you have a better answer than I have. What's your, what's your take? What's the most surprising thing about me?
1: Probably just like, do right? What'd
0: you say? What'd you say? it is what it is. Like like I think I'm so obsessed with my legacy that I and I think that's selfish that I don't think people I don't think most people 100 percent live their life based on their legacy. And I'm very close. I don't know if I'm hundred, but like fuck, I really want it. I want it. I, I th- and I think it's selfish and not like I don't think it's special. I just think it's the way I was wired and so that's what I think it is.
1: Um, I've got loads of questions that people have sent in to me today on Twitter and on my Instagram, one of which was a challenge asking me to arm wrestle you.
0: <laughs> I will break your face. And I said, <laughs> 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 My reply back was, I think
1: he's gonna be too much of an agenda to accept the
0: challenge. No, all of that. <laughs> 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 nope, got that one wrong. I'll take any win I can get anywhere.
1: We'll, we'll go to some, there were some brilliant questions on Twitter, but I'd love to just put it to the floor first and we'll try then to get to a few okay. things at the end if we have time. So, do any of you have any questions you'd like to ask? And guys,
0: go average? high or low, like go selfish. Yeah. We're here, right?
1: Yeah, this is a really great intimate opportunity.
0: They won't. But they're smart and they're milking the living shit and there's tons more. Lola, Nana, there's, there's hundreds. The amount of brands that are going from zero to 10 million in sales on influencers and Facebook and YouTube is like... That's why I sit here and I'm like, this isn't propaganda or what's coming, this is real life. I mean, you know how many people just play Chinese supply chain, Amazon arbitrage and are doing two million a year? Like, people don't understand, this is my opening rant to you which is like, are you happy? Because if you're not, get educated because there's a ton of good shit going on. Um, They won't, brother. The same way that Procter & Gamble was built on television because they understood it best or Amazon was built on Google AdWords and they poured a fuckload of money into it and that's how they became who they are today. I mean literally the company I think that might be the biggest company in the world in theory was built on the back of Google AdWords. So they won't. If they're great, they'll be able to understand what's next. I think me as a person will be great because as soon as I don't like the ROI of Facebook, I'll be super thrilled to have a cartoon version of me running around all of AR or if I gotta be on the moon or if smoke signals are back, I'll be on the fucking mountain. Like wherever the attention is that's where I'm gonna be and when I get there first, it's like real estate. I'm gonna not only get to the beachfront first, I'm gonna build the best hotel. The thing that is really making me win is when I get to new places, I try to bring you value, not me value. I made a post on Instagram yesterday which is like, if people gave a fuck about their audience as much as they gave a fuck about their audience giving them a like, they'd be in a totally different place. So, uh, they won't, you know? Now if they're really smart, they realize they have to build brand, not work on the math that they're trading on now. Everybody eventually, if they're really great, will graduate from math to art, and then respect for both. And so that's how I see it. Yes, sir. Yeah, earlier you
1: said you were in the old school, so websites, email, but the new school, social media, that's where the attention is. Small business, less than ten of us. Um, in my head, I'm like, well, why do I need a website? Maybe Instagram is my new website, because you to scroll, check your profile, and don't believe. what would you say to a small business? Like, would you say just don't bother with the website, email, and just
0: stay with the attention, or others, both? Both. I always say watch what I'm doing, not what I'm saying. If I believe that, my, uh, my website wouldn't be updated. I wouldn't have a text messaging and messaging bot CRM. I, I implore you, if you're getting value from me, eventually you're gonna realize I only have 13 to 27 beliefs and I'm gonna find 100,000 different ways to say it until one of the ways at the right moment is gonna get you to get there. The bigger, more interesting reason to continue to watch me is what am I doing? Like why did I build a Twitch studio today even, if you, even though if you do your homework, I was on Justin TV. I love when everyone's like, oh Gary, you're late. I'm like, motherfucker, I was playing video games before your dad thought about your mom. You know? <laughs> you know? And so, like, you know, I, 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 uh, I think you should do both because what you don't want to do is be reliant. Here's what happens with great platforms. They start off phenomenal and free and they end up very expensive and not as good. Got it? That's the game. That's why when you hear me yelling, like I am now about Instagram influencers and Facebook, you know that this is the time. Because I know, back to my opening rant, even if all of you do it great, it's not gonna come out of me, and what I get in return is your email that I get 50 times a day, which is I did something nice for you, and your life is different. This is the time. So I would do both, but to your point, real quick, anybody selling shit, back to Supernova, Instagram selling hasn't even started. When I think about the sheer amount of fashion that is gonna be sold through Instagram when the shop integration is real seamless and lacks friction, this is why I continue to buy Facebook stock. Do you know how much money Facebook's gonna make when they take a rack off the top of every transaction sold, of every fashion product sold on Instagram? Ugh. Money. (laughs)
1: Any other questions, hands up? Right, so Let, here, look, oh, go so ahead, Jay, Jenny, I saw a, Jenny. Jenny on the Mashville UK team. Hi. Um, so I was wondering, you've obviously seen a lot of success, but how do you personally measure success, or what does, what does success look like to you as Gary
0: Vaynerchuk? Do actually, this one I understand pretty well. Do I wake up in the morning and have complete control, emotionally and financially, around every single action I'm about to take? That's the best. The best. Like, I do whatever the fuck I want every day, which means, there's another thing, people only look at it one way. You know what else it means? It means everything bad that's happening to you is on you, which makes you feel in control, which makes you happy. So I keep telling everybody I love my losses. They're my L's. The personal responsibility.
1: 100%,
0: 100%, when you start realizing that Brexit or retaining or fucking Trump or Obama or Facebook or Instagram don't control you, uh huh, shit gets real interesting when you start realizing the answer to everything is and what, and what, what are you gonna tell me? You were raped as a kid, cool, like it's not cool, but then what, like because I'll tell you I know 10 people that let it, get them to a place where they committed suicide and I'll tell you 10 people who persevered and it became the strength of their life. Like my big thing is if there's a single person that exists that looks like you from your circumstance that has ever been happy and made it, well then you can in theory too. And I think we really love excuses. Do you know why I pushed so hard against your series of questions when you opened? Mm -hmm. If you follow it through, it's going to give people excuses to why not.
1: But asking those questions are really important though.
0: And good news, everybody's gonna ask them. But
1: it's really important no, to ask them. On, no, a no, no, to no, 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 kind of
0: no. The, the bigger responsibility is to actually understand that that's exactly where everybody's gonna go and the bigger question becomes when are we gonna take responsibility on ourselves 24-7, 365 for life because that is a far easier gateway because guess what? I'm thrilled that you guys are regulating the internet with all this shit. The blockchain's coming, now what? Look, I think, look, you have to know yourself. I love chaos. I'd rather do 19 things, you know, seven of them really well, three shitty, one magically well, like, that's me. Other people really wanna go super deep into one thing. I'm not crippled by the opportunity. What I'm trying, you know, a lot of the themes we're talking about where, where, you know, it's funny, I use the word accountability. I would actually argue that maybe there's a better word for the the energy that I'm trying to deploy with all these macro things that we're trying to figure out. It's about self-awareness. What's my advice? If you're like me and need all sorts of stimuli to like live your life, it's probably a good idea to try to challenge them all like I do. (laughs) If you're somebody who loves to get like really deep and go fucking destroy it on LinkedIn and don't think about anything else. Everybody thinks there's something that fits all. That's just not true. It's the thing that fits you. And the big fear that I have, the biggest fear I have, which is why I've been very diligent about countering my own self, speaking to self-awareness, is I don't want to make people like me. I'm so petrified that people see me and want to do me. even in the way he's asking his question, has a level of charisma and showmanship and energy that I'm like, okay, he probably can do the vlog thing. But I wrote, like kids, like nerdy, 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 introverted, introverted, awkward, barely can even look at me, kids come up to me and they're like, I'm gonna start a vlog. I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like you have to deploy self-awareness. There is so many ways to win this game. To your point, maybe you love math. So you should be more DR oriented. Maybe you love art. You should fall deeply in love with Facebook long form video because you're one video away from everything changing. So I think it's about self-awareness, brother. And I would also say a lot of people aren't self-aware. So my big thing is it goes back to patience. I don't know, try both. Good. 2019 and 20 is where you go crazy and try to be great at everything. And 2021 is the year that you decide after that, whichever one you like the best, you're gonna discipline it and go down on one. And by the way, we ebb and flow. There you are, D-Rock, we ebb and flow. I think we're shitting the, we suck right now on Facebook. 15 months ago we were destroying it. Like, you know, like, you know, like, you, and I don't judge myself, like, when something, like, as long as something's working and it's a net positive, heck, if nothing's working, it's kind of interesting to me and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, so I would say that. For two years my podcast was a piece of shit, then I refigured it came up with the audio experience instead of askery B and it went, right? Instagram was I wasn't doing my thing, then I decided to get serious and it started becoming a thing. YouTube this. Da, 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 got it? And you have to know why you're doing things. Let me explain. Drock is devastated that our YouTube isn't better. <laughs> you know Daily V is probably declined in viewership, not grown in the last year. I'm pumped because the singular reason I'm doing Daily V is to put all this shit on the record. Hmm. You yeah, know do you know how fun this video is to watch in 29 years? Do you know how fun it is for me to call her and be like, yo, <laughs> you were super right about this? How about me on that one? <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like, look, th- you know, after living what I lived from 95 to 2007, I was like, fuck, I was right about a lot of shit. You know, and like, and also a lot of cool things. Like, do you know how cool it would have been to have the video of me speaking to Facebook back in the day when the whole company was 300 people? That's just fun for my kids. That's just fun for me. Like, you know how people like looking at pictures? How about having 38 minutes of your every day, of your every day? There's a lot of other reasons to do a vlog that have nothing to do with more visitors to our businesses. Your great, great grandkids are gonna watch it. And be like, oh, I have his nose. You know, like, it's fucking cool. Like, this is special.
1: You probably need some kind of AI to process like, big data just to get all the good bits though. Well, There's a lot of noise in there as of well. Of course,
0: but guess what? If it's your grandmother, you want that noise. Yeah. <laughs> got it? Like For you, you want it. Like, if I told you right now, hey, weird, I've got a vlog of your grandmother when she was from 20 to 30 every minute. You're watching every fucking second. I may not watch every second of your grandma, but you are, mm. right? And so you do certain things for different reasons. I've got a whole other thing. I put my IP, me as a human, into a trust with no value attached to it for my kids. I think it's going to be the biggest financial thing I leave them. I believe that in 53 years, there's somebody actually sitting in that couch right now during this exact session, feels like they're here right now with us, sitting right there with the advancement of VR, and they paid my family's trust 800 bucks to be sitting there.
1: What you're actually talking about is um, there's a process There's a scientist, a serious point here. I made a documentary about big data in 2016, and one of the people I interviewed was this scientist who's basically been recording himself every few seconds for the past, like, 15 years, and it's called life logging, and his perp- reason for doing that is he can then call up say like, what was that wine I had in that on that holiday in Sicily and he's got this screen. And the reason that they're creating all of these memories is so that they can eventually use them for human beings, uh, you, you know, if, if we're living much longer. And um, if you, for, for example, uh, have Alzheimer's, it can be a way of actually trying to reconfigure your brain so that you can actually tap into those memories. So there is so, so much potential of where
0: this could go. I have every word that I've spoken on every video of every one of these logs for the last three years, transcribed and searchable. You want to know what my thoughts on Snapchat have been for the last four and a half years straight? Here you go. I mean, it's,
1: yeah,
0: it's, and people think of it as like, being a charlatan or self-absorbed, like, people are short-term thinkers. I'm playing chess out here. And I think people are playing checkers.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm James Gary, nice to meet you. I'm marketing director of a fostering agency. Um, I, Ate shit for nine years in business, in fashion, events. Uh, Got an opportunity in November to join the fostering world. Uh, Looked at the industry, knew I was going to revolutionise it. Um, Got to a point now where uh, the impact is greater than what I ever imagined. Uh, Recently did analysis on our video campaign. Uh, compared to our six competitors of over eight videos and we combined, we smashed them by an additional 25%. So I've got one of our directors visiting next week and I'm gonna be telling him that we need to build a team to capitalize on that. So what advice would you suggest in terms of building that, that team, do you go with experience over, over
0: youth? Or would both, you, so match two. So a mix of both? I'm a, you know how when in fashion a decade ago it became obvious that it was gonna be about high-low, right? Like, especially in the women's sector, I thought it was so interesting to watch. Like, It was cool to have a $5,000 purse and $3 sandals and $9 top and $300 jeans. And I thought that was so great. And I think that's now actually how society itself is, period. Uh, That's how I think about production. I think what we're learning at Boehner, we think about this. We're starting to get our foot, foot, our hands around... uh, Maybe probably fee too, around this high low. I think, you know, you get a producer who has 16 years of experience, she could be a badass and could help you a ton. But you get somebody who knows how to film on a camera or their phone and they're 22 and they can afford to, like, really do it for less clearly than somebody who's been doing it for 16 years. I'm very hot on production capabilities being high low because the, the problem with high is not only cost, but it's also entitlement. The, the reason I'm calling my next sneaker clouds and dirt is my magic is being in the dirt. I don't think I'm too fancy to community manage to you or answer your DM or post my own copy or do any of this shit. And the second you give up the dirt, you become vulnerable. I deploy emotion, good emotion to everybody else, but I don't, I, I, look, I think for me, I still believe in no emotion, meaning I do not make decisions out of defense. And I think when you're going with emotion, you know, I have empathy and compassion and I think it's super important to bring more. The ultimate leverage in life is giving somebody more than you're asking for in return. So I like doing that. I just wanna give, I, I want, I did it for my own parents. Like real quick, just so you, you know, I always say like, if you're smart, you can really figure shit out. The fact that I needed, I need forget about being a good boy, I needed for me, because I was so grateful for my folks to go into their business and completely changed the course of their game, not for me, for them, I needed to settle the score with my parents. Of course I wanna bring value to my community, got it? So, I, look, I think, I think when you have a business, now look, you're an employee, right? You have a different game, but as the number one, you have to understand it's all in your it's all on you. It was if something bad happened it's on you. If a client fires us, well I could have done a better job. I could have staffed it better. I could have checked in more on the decision maker. A million things could have. And so I don't I don't worry about what outside forces are doing to me because when you start dwelling, you start looking in the wrong direction. So I try to be like I you know, I may get upset. I mean, you get upset. You have to understand the difference between a macro and a micro analyzation of caring and got it.
1: So where, like how much vulnerability, I guess, do you show? That's kind of what you're pointing at, isn't it? Like there's a fine line between being vulnerable in a workplace and being kind of like authentic, but then also being strong and showing leadership.
0: I think you have to know your environment. Being vulnerable at VaynerMedia is super easy. Being vulnerable at some other company, not as easy. I mean, you gotta know the room you're in, right? The context. Um, I think, you know, so I mean, ultimately, this got brought up again earlier, and I'm really happy it did. I love when people are like, you're confusing me, or this, or you're, or you're conflicting yourself. I'm like, of course, because in the, in the most basic statements, I think of all of it like a bridge. There are so many forces pulling, and in that is the strength. Like, I'm awfully emotional, and I'm completely unemotional. Now go decipher that in a fucking Instagram post. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's the context to all of this that matters. Here's what I would say. I, and look, I'm probably reacting to my father. My father mainly made emotional decisions. At the heat of his upsetness was when he decided to make a business move. Not my, for me, of course I get upset. I'm, listen bro, you, you know this, like, <laughs> There's 88,000 things wrong with VaynerMedia.
1: Only 88,000, so you've counted. Probably more. You know,
0: points. like I could sit and dwell on that, <laughs> or I could think about the many things that are going well and continue the process of trying to fix the ones that aren't going well. So for me, this is just super fucking binary. The whole theme of, if, you know, for the people at home that are gonna watch us on YouTube, if you really take a step back after a couple glasses of wine, if you watch this, today's talk, where this talk was, and this is, thank, thank you so much, and the energy of you guys, this is a very clear mapping of where I'm at, which is, this shit's binary. Either you see it good, or you see it bad. Either you see offense, or you see defense. This is one or zero. It's truly that, and I think everything we're doing overcomplicates it, overcomplicates it, and you're not looking at the actual game. And so, yeah, both but I never make decisions out of a place of weakness, which is usually when you're most emotional about something that you don't control, Mm -hmm. right? By virtue, client services suck because you're not in control because one client can fire you and really change the trajectory of a business, which is why Vayner's been always so healthy because I never let any client get too big of a percentage of our business because I don't want to be at the mercy of anything or anybody ever, ever.
1: I did mention Voice AI earlier, and I feel it would be remiss of me not to ask you a question about <laughs> Voice AI. But I'm just thinking about all of the people in the room. Gary earlier t- tweeted uh, or retweeted an article that I uh, have written about our conversation on Voice AI, so you can get a lot more on that. We won't get into great depth. But this is something you're extremely excited about. And, you know, as someone who's working in the publishing world, I'm wondering, yeah, Voice AI is a thing that everyone wants to be grabbing onto now. Should we be innovating in it? I can't find a business case for it now you know, what would you say to people who are really interested in this but aren't sure about whether they should invest the money or the time or the effort in it because it's kind of a roadmap that hasn't really been laid out just yet.
0: Go read the history of the iPhone in the first year.
1: So you're saying it's gonna be as big as the iPhone? Yes. Okay, we'll leave it at that. (laughs) Finally, finally, do you want to take up the challenge of the arm wrestle? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh What about it to end?
0: Real quick, I wanna bring you guys some value on the iPhone just to like, back to remember when I said I gotta add sentences, like cool, mic drop iPhone, but let me tell you why. <laughs> I wanna remind you, this is the place where Spotify and Instagram and Waze and many others built multi-billion dollar companies. Like, you know, some of I'm looking around, a lot of us were here when the iPhone came. And Uber. Right, Uber, and oh, listen, we could sit oh, here, I mean here, like, so like, every show. gaming company, Roby, I mean like, multi-billion dollar companies built exclusively through being something on top of this. I believe that the voice devices, in whatever manifestation, there'll be speakers now, later they'll be in our walls, or whatever it may be, that the apps built on top of them will be some of the biggest companies in the world because you will use those apps because of the lack of friction, the same reason you, the reason you use Waze is because it's better than the gremlin shit we used to have in our car, which was better than the fucking map that we used to pull out. It's better. And voice is gonna be better. In the same way that you, guys, everything goes in circles. You now text a lot where you used to talk. Now voice is gonna come along and take a lot of your texting away because you're gonna be in your office and you're gonna be like, tell my wife I'll be home in seven minutes and that'll be it, not let me grab my phone, let me text my, find my wife's contact, I'll be home in seven minutes. It's just faster, and you will choose speed every day of your life. We could
1: do an entire session on voice. We should, we should probably signpost for the next the next drinking and thinking. Right, with that Gary, which hand are you? I'm left-handed, so. Oh fuck, I'm right-handed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> left-handed. Let's go left. Okay, fuck, on. I'm a little scared now. <laughs> DRock, if I lose, okay. take it out.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, let's do this.
0: See those guns? I do see them. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Should somebody go one, two, three? One, two, three, go. Oh! oh. <laughs> Take your okay. Thank you so much. You did such a great job. No worries. Let's clap it up, she was phenomenal.
1: <laughs> the arm wrestling thing is gonna be so loved.